irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa Tai here, your host. I am so happy to be back with you this week. Somehow it feels like it's been a longer time. It's felt that way to me from last Thursday until today. So I don't know if you all, anyone out there is experiencing that same feeling. So just thank you. Today is episode number 201. And if you've been listening, you know that the mission of my podcast is to change consciousness one conversation at a time. My guest today is doing that in her unique way through many different avenues of healing and over 25 years of experience. We'll be with Dr. Ellen Albertson in just a few minutes. Before then, I want to let you know how much I appreciate when you do rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Just a couple people reviewed me and rated me and it caused my ranking to go up. So if you could take that time to do that for me, I'd be grateful. It helps this podcast get in front of more people. You just find all things therapy on iTunes. And if you go to my website, NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A, dot com. There's a button for podcasts. It says LA Talk Radio Podcast, and it'll give you four platforms that you can rate and review me on all of those if you desire. So please take your time to do that. It would mean the world to me. Additionally, at NOLA Therapy, there are buttons to book sessions with me online through phone, Skype, FaceTime and Zoom. I offer an online class. It's 20 psycho-spiritual techniques for change through Udemy. You can click on that button, watch a couple of the videos for free to see if it's going to resonate with you. It's practical techniques, things like using a pendulum, which I use in my own life to help me make yes or no type decisions, to developing mentors and mentorship, a morning routine, how to vision your life on purpose. So some cool things that I've used in my life. I would love you to check that out. And my book that's available right now for pre-sale, having to do with healing our core wounding through empathy, self-forgiveness, and astrology is also available at my website. I think that's all I wanted to say. NOLA therapy, NOLA therapy, NOLA therapy is where to go for everything. Switching to my guest, Dr. Ellen Albertson. She is a psychologist, a registered dietitian. She's a Reiki master, a mindful self-compassion teacher. She's a national board certified health and wellness coach. And she's known as the midlife whisperer. We're going to talk more about that. She empowers women to get unstuck and find confidence, energy, and clarity as they enter the next chapter of their life to make it their best portion of their life. Dr. Ellen has appeared on the Food Network, one of my favorite channels, NBC World News, Extra, Psychology Today, Eating Well, USA Today, Self, Better Homes and Gardens, Good Housekeeping, 
women's health, the abs diet, just out there prolifically. She's an author of four books and brings over 25 years of experience. She's also a former syndicated radio host. So Dr. Allen, I'm just really excited to have you on today and talk about what is current for you to be sharing with us. Welcome. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. And I just want to give you a huge thumbs up for, I know your book's not officially released yet, but you were kind enough to give me uh, a look ahead of time. And it's it's been really fascinating. I know it was fascinating to have you on my program. And so yes. I'm excited to share with your viewers. Thank you. I appreciate that. In fact, last night, I just finished the final revision with my editor and submitted it to Inner Traditions, which is in Vermont, where you are. And uh, so I'm excited for it to go to press and be in the hands of people November 10th, 2020. Yeah, much needed. I know Chiron has been getting a lot of astrological circles. Yes. Generational thing with, you know, various um, kind of decades of people having different astrological signs that where Chiron is. So I think it's going to be really a nice, a nice addition to what's out there. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. So I know you are hosting, I want to let our listeners know, a virtual summit launching May 11th called Rock Your Midlife, Reinvent Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. I'm one of the featured people. I wondered if you want to start there or where you would like to start us today. Sure. Well, we can start, you know, with your interview was awesome because I think we have similar backgrounds and that we came from more conventional standard clinical work and gradually stepped more and more outside our spiritual closets and integrated things like <laughs> Reiki and crystal healing and really found that the two are <laughs> Dr. Allen, if you don't mind repeating that, you just broke up for a little bit. Okay. Okay. So um, I was saying our interview was so fascinating because like you, both of us come from a very clinical, traditional background, but we have found beautiful ways to integrate more um, holistic therapies, things like Reiki, crystal healing. We even talked about pendulums and you gave people some wonderful ideas about ways... So the summit, um, I interviewed 22 different experts, healers, nutritionists, um, integrated uh, uh, physicians. Oh, I have a couple my, money mindset experts, a lot of coaches too, um, love coaches. So pretty much I wanted uh, the summit to give people at midlife some really wonderful tools that they could use to really um, – reinvent themselves. I think at midlife, we sometimes get in this place where we feel really stuck, like we're kind of in crisis and I'm too old to change. And I really wanted mm. to turn that on its head and say, no, midlife really is the best time to do some major soul searching, do some work, transform various aspects of your life and hear some ways to get started. So I'm super excited about it. And you were a wonderful guest. That was one of the, the major uh, wonderful aspects was just meeting so many incredible women. Yeah, I think it's so great that you put this together. And I'm wondering how much of it was birthed from your own experience of reinventing your midlife. Like if you went through a period of, of I know you talk about the um, the chick effect, which I really like. Um, like when our cozy nest starts to kind of crack and we evaluate, start to evaluate, am I really living as I want to? Am I being who I've 
see myself? Like, I wonder if you could share some of that end of things with us. Sure. So basically what happens is at midlife, we spend the first part of our life trying to please everybody to do what kind of our culture or society says will bring us happiness and success. And we get to this place at midlife. And it'd be interesting that I think that there's also a, um, there's a kind of return, I think it's around 50 years. So there's this big thing that happens where we start to look at our life reevaluate things and don't feel comfortable in our skin. It's like that chick effect where the chick is in the egg and is starving and needs to peck free or that caterpillar is digesting itself and wants to become the butterfly. So sort of this, this moment of, you know, really reevaluating our life and really wanting to find what truly brings us purpose and meaning and joy in life. And I think part of the midlife um, transformation is really about getting to a place in our life where we realize we're starting to run out of time. You know, up until then, it's like, well, I've got all the time in the world to figure things out. And we get to midlife and we're like, well, maybe I don't really want to be in this relationship for, you know, the rest of my life. Or maybe I don't really like this career or really, maybe I really want to get a handle on my body and be healthy and not go in this direction. Or maybe I want to change, you know, relationship that I have with the substances. And it's a really, I think, a time where we do a lot of soul searching. And unfortunately, Sometimes we go overboard and go into that crisis mode where we, you know, maybe decide to have an affair or we decide to, you know, get that little red sports car, which I think those are some of those cliches that we associate yes. with midlife. But there's like a deadness and we're looking for something to lift us up. And the reality of it is, is like life is weighing hard on us because we need to make a shift. We need to do some soul searching and figure out what truly um, we're about and what makes us come alive. As I hear you talking right now, I'm thinking of the important role of self-compassion coming in at this stage and phase of our lives. And I know that's a big part of your work. Can you speak to how we can employ that self-compassion when we find ourselves in the moment of being reflective, maybe not being so happy in the relationship or in our work or not knowing what's next even with kids that have grown up, moved out, kind of what do I do now? How can self-compassion help the listener out there? Well, self-compassion is a great tool to use at midlife and other aspects in your life. What self-compassion basically is, is learning to treat yourself the way you would a good friend. And I find particularly with women, we put everybody else first. So we put our kids first, the spouse first, the job first, the house the laundry, everything. And then we don't make time for ourselves. And when we do, we often feel really, really guilty about taking time for ourselves. So midlife is a good time to start to fall in love with yourself, to figure out who you are and how to be that supportive, friendly presence in your own life. And so what, what uh, self-compassion really does is, first of all, it's a muscle. So just like we can go to the gym and we work out and grow our muscles, we can grow self-compassion. So the more that you practice treating yourself the way that you would a good friend, the stronger that self-compassion muscle gets. And I think, you know, in midlife, it is a time where, you know, I don't like to always associate with crisis, but it is a time where there's a bit of a shakeup. So we might have elderly parents that are either ill or, yes. you know, are we lose? Maybe it's empty nests. So we're experiencing this. All of a sudden I was defined by being a mom and all of a sudden my kids are gone. 
maybe we experience a health crisis ourselves, which kind of wakes us up or, um, you know, perhaps again, that sense of, I don't really like the career that I'm in. I want to make a shift. So with with self-compassion, we notice we're suffering. That's the first piece It's just like this mindfulness piece, the three elements of self-compassion, one of which is being mindful when we're suffering. So instead of just plowing ahead, we notice, gosh, I'm really not feeling good about my body right now. I'm really not feeling good about my job or some of my relationships. Or I'm feeling like I've lost some of that definition. I know my, my, my mom, when my brother went to college, you know, she cried. She would like go to his mm. room and cry. And I think with us, we can, you know, give ourselves that compassion to decide what is it that I need to move forward. So it's self-compassion is both a life vest and a parachute. So it's a life vest when we're suffering, when we have get a health crisis or some kind of loss. We can turn towards ourselves and self-entreat ourselves the way we would a good friend. So it really can help to lift us out of those difficult times when we feel like we're drowning. And it's a parachute in that um, it can really uh, help us when we want to soar. So the research really shows, and at this point there's about 2,500 uh, studies on self-compassion. And so with self-compassion, we're, we have higher levels of well-being. We have more optimism. We're more resilient, so we're more willing to try something new. Because I think at midlife, sometimes, you know, when we're young, we're like, oh, yeah, I can, you know, try yes. a new course in college or try a new career. But at midlife, we're kind a of like, job. Get, right. We don't feel as um, bold and resilient. Um, so self-compassion, if you know that, gosh, if I try this new thing, if I take this course or try this, you know, go in this new direction or even just going on an inter- informational interview or, you know, do something bold. Maybe, you know, public speaking is something you've wanted to do, but you're scared to do it. Or you want to start, you know, a side business and you're scared. Self-compassion, because you know that you are there for yourself, it gives you this boldness to try new things because you know you can pick yourself up if you fail. When I think of self-compassion, the first, when I think of self-compassion as an action process and to engage in, in the experience of extending self-compassion to myself, taking that into my own heart, I think of practices like using affirmations. Is that some of the ways, how do you work with your clients for them to develop and really understand what that is every day to be self-compassionate? So um, with self-compassion, there are both formal and informal practices. So the formal practices are meditation. So doing things like um, I I teach something called um, compassionate breathing. So as you're breathing, you're thinking about sending yourself love and connection. Um, Loving kindness is great. So with loving kindness meditation, you are um, sending others loving kindness and also sending yourself loving kindness. So there's formal meditation practices. And then there's also lots of informal things that you can do. And one of the things I recommend people um, do is just get out a piece of paper and write down body, mind, heart, spirit, and relationships. And then take some time in each of those categories and write out how you would like to care for yourself. Mm. So for example, with your body, um, maybe you want to like take a nap or take a long bubble bath or go for a walk for your mind. Perhaps reading really helps you, or maybe you want to get some therapy in terms of your emotions. Um, You know, again, maybe talking to a good friend, getting therapy, journaling is really effective, making yourself a hot cup of tea um, in terms of your spirit, finding like what brings me meaning and purpose. Maybe volunteering is an act of self-compassion because it makes you feel good about yourself. And in relationships, who are the people in your life who care for you and make you feel good? So you have this list 
so that when you start to notice, oh my gosh, I'm not just not feeling very good to them. I'm suffering on some level. Maybe I got some bad news or I'm not feeling well, um, feeling stressed. You think about what I could do to support myself. So when you support yourself the way you would a good friend with this intention to feel better, it becomes an act of self-compassion. So there's, you know, horrible things we do like meditation practices and people can go to the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion if they want to um, see some of these uh, formal practices and also Kristen Neff's website. She's kind of the um, the mother of self-compassion yes. and her website is selfcompassion.org and she also has some great guided meditations as well as some journaling exercises. So there's a lot of things you can do to grow your self-compassion muscle. Well, I like this conversation we're having because it's especially poignant, I think, for right now, where we're, we are in an extended quarantine period and people and my clients are having emotions come up, memories come up. Some of us, some people I know are feeling kind of like, okay, now what? How to soothe the fears and concerns of, of what is our future going to be like? When can we get back to going to restaurants and going to classes at a school, going back to the office? We've been kind of in this unique holding pattern. And so I think the practices that you're talking about, meditation, to really dig in, that I see it as an opportunity to go deeper within ourselves. But for people listening that might have a hard time, with that, because they're so used to doing and actioning, what might you suggest for them during this particular time that we're in? Yeah, that's a really, really great point. I think um, with self-compassion, it's really an emotional regulatory technique. So I think what people are experiencing right now is a couple of things. First, we are experiencing a lot more difficult emotions, both collectively and individually. There's a lot of fear around, we're generating a lot of cortisol, um, people are feeling a lot more loneliness and we're also at the same time, we're feeling these difficult emotions. We're not actually taught in our society how to deal with um, challenging emotions. And then in addition, a lot of the things that we do to enjoy our life, take care of ourselves aren't available. But, you know, we can't go to the gym. We can't, we can do yoga online, yeah. right? But we yes. can't like go to a movie, go out to eat, all of these things that we do to enjoy ourselves and also to some extent distract ourselves aren't available anymore. So with self-compassion, what you're really doing um, is first you are being kind to yourself rather than judgmental. Um, you're, you're being mindful. So when you first notice, gosh, I'm just really sad right now. Like for example, mm -hmm. before, you know, before I got on, I told you, I, you know, I have someone dear to me who actually is having a very serious operation and I'm, yes. scared and I'm worried and concerned, but instead of just plowing forward, which is what we normally do, you think about how would I treat a friend in, in this circumstance? So if I had a friend who was going through this, I would come over and say, you know, can I make you supper? Um, you know, would you like to go for a walk and talk about this? Can I come over and give you a hug? So with self-compassion, you're noticing when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling sad, when you're experiencing difficult emotions, that's that mindfulness piece. And instead of moving, you know, just plowing on forward with your daily business, you're taking a moment and you're naming the emotion. So when you name it, you tame it. And then you're, you know, experiencing where am I feeling this in my body? So emotions are felt experiences in the body. So you're maybe putting your hand over your heart. Mm -hmm. um, soothing touch is really important right now, particularly if you're listening and you're um, living alone and you are not getting a lot of touch. When you touch yourself, you know, maybe just uh, touching your cheek or stroking your arms or giving yourself a little hug, you're yes. generating oxytocin. You are um, giving yourself compassion by touching yourself. So you're 
you're naming the emotion, you know, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling bored, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling scared, and that takes it away from the primitive amygdala part of our brain into the frontal cortex. So naming it and then feeling it in your body. So just, oh, yeah, this is creating a spacious awareness. And um, Jack Kornfield uh, had a fabulous um, uh, article in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago. You can, you can Google it about just creating spacious awareness. So becoming more of the observer with self-compassion is like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with experiencing these emotions instead of, I'm from Vermont. So as I tell people, don't, don't go have a threesome with Ben and Jerry's, right? That's what we're <laughs> That's is. funny eat or drink, right? Or go into these old patterns. There's a lot of trauma go, coming up and we're going to the old patterns. Instead, think about, again, that list. What would feel soothing right now? Feeling it in my body, turning towards myself, and then just allowing the emotions to come and go because what we're typically used to doing is stuffing them down. Again, you, again, I work with a lot of people who have um, emotional eating um, problems with food. We turn, we want to stuff those emotions. And the problem with that is after we have eaten, we've distracted ourselves, so we've gotten this dopamine rush, but then we're still stuck with the same challenging emotions, the same difficulties, and then on top of it, you know, we've just consumed a bunch of calories, or maybe we've had too much alcohol or binged on Netflix, and we're kind of left with this sort of icky feeling, Empty like, why did feeling. I go, yeah, do that. So self-compassion, the, the elements really are being kind to yourself the way you would a good friend instead of judgmental. And the second piece is called common humanity. And I think that's a big piece that we're experiencing and that we're all suffering right now. Like we're all going through this humongous change and this humongous challenge. So when you realize that it's not just me, that everybody suffers, everybody struggles, you don't feel so isolated and alone. So right. that's kind of interesting right now because we're isolated and alone because of COVID. But at the same time, we're feeling connected with all of humanity that's yes. going through this huge um, shift right now. And then the last piece is mindful. So you're, you're mindful that you are um, suffering. So you're neither ignoring your difficulty and your difficult emotions, nor are you um, over-identifying. So you don't want to go into this rumination space and this sort of woe is me kind of place where you get really sucked down at that negativity. You want to sort of stay with this um, balanced awareness. And again, the, the essence of it is treating yourself the way you would a good friend. So this is a really powerful time. And I've been you know, sharing this a lot on social media, teaching it in my Facebook groups, um, working on it with all my clients, um, doing a lot of public speaking uh, you know, through Zoom about self-compassion. And it's really um, transformational for people just even to start to play with this idea of I can be there for myself. Dr. Ellen, I want to come back from the break and talk to you about something that really struck me on your website, having to do with the theme of our highest good, just to give you a little uh, teaser of what something that struck me and why it struck me. And I'll, I'll bring you back on in just a couple minutes. Sounds great. Awesome. For you, my listener of All Things Therapy, my sponsor is BetterHelp.com, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com, and they're here to answer questions like, what interferes with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? They are a safe, secure, HIPAA-compliant online therapy platform where you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which we are all doing right now how timely and you can start communicating with a licensed professional in under 24 hours it is professional counseling and 
they can be more affordable than other therapists and they do have financial aid available if you qualify. Their service is available for clients worldwide and they have experts that treat a range of issues including depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping issues, family conflicts, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential, and they are convenient, professional, affordable. And to take advantage of their offer, as my listener, they do offer you 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy. That's better help dot com forward slash att to get 10 percent off your first month to try them out if you love audible books as much as i do audible is also my sponsor and they offer you a free 30-day subscription to check them out by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy it's a month free and then it's 14.95 a month after that and i thoroughly enjoy audiobooks and audible. So take advantage of that if it speaks to you. I am back with Dr. Ellen Albertson. And to give her website, if you want to follow along, it's drellenalbertson.com. You can also find her on social media, Instagram, Ellen underscore Albertson, on Facebook at Dr. Ellen Albertson, and on Twitter at ER Albertson. Okay, Dr. Ellen, are you there? I am. I am. So I noticed in going through your website and preparing for today, it it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And this sort of always has. And I know I'm not the only person. So I thought it noteworthy to bring it up since I have time with you today. Talking about for our highest good. I, I, I know I've wondered about that. Like somehow is asking for my highest good, uh, like what is that really going to be? And I know that relates to trust, like trusting that the universe knows what we want, knows what's best for us. And if that really means we're asking for our happiness, can you address this theme of highest good? Sure. Um, and I think you're referring to, I wrote a really interesting blog post. I was teaching yes. Reiki. Yeah. And um, while we while I'm teaching distance Reiki, so when I teach Reiki, distance Reiki, Reiki 2, um, we all go around and everybody asks kind of like for a prayer request, what you want healing. And one of the women had asked a prayer request for um, an animal that she was watching who had a toothache that she was concerned um, for the animal. And we all sent the animal Reiki and the animal ended up passing. And mm. so it kind of made me think like, wow, when we kind of think about healing, we're always like, well, that isn't, isn't the highest good always the animal getting better? And I guess part of that is, you know, as human beings, we don't really know what's in the highest good. And sometimes I know for myself, sometimes my ego really gets in the way. And I've, yeah. I've been back at my life at times when I've gone through really difficult things and things haven't come out the way that I wanted them to. And then retrospectively, I look at it and go, wow, that was like one of the best lessons of my life. And I think, you know, we're all going through this right now where we're thinking like, why is this happening? And because everything is topsy-turvy right now with COVID. And so I think we're going to look at this, you know, years from now and look at like how this really helped to transform um, the world for the better because there's a lot of problems that are really coming to light right now. Yes. Where I think we're moving much more into um, a different way of being and approaching. But so often, you know, we think that this is what I want. And I know like for myself right now, I'm doing a lot of letting go and surrender to 
how I go about my work and my business. I, I have to admit I've been a um, workaholic for most of my life. Um, it's one of those isms that we're, we're actually encouraged to be workaholics. Yeah. You know, no one goes, oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week? Um, but I'm realizing that it's really not for my highest good. So I think sometimes our ego comes in and we think we know best. And so whenever you're sort of, you know, going through things, just sort of um, blessing what you're going through and realizing Mm -hmm. that, you know, the divine is always there for you and that things are always working out for your highest good. Because we're, you know, we're here to learn and grow. And sometimes it's the difficult situations in our life that really are our best teachers. We're here to experience, like we're consciousness experiencing itself. And so we are experiencing things that that really are for our highest good and perhaps the highest good of all beings. So I kind of always kind of add that this or something better or make things happen for my highest good. It's sort of um, letting go and letting God. So realizing that I don't always know what's best for me. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's hard. I think it's a hard lesson to learn, but surrendering is really, really... um, a valuable thing to do again, particularly at this time where we don't always know if um, why is this happening to me, and you know we want to believe that we'll get through it and things will be better on the other side. Well, in line with what you're saying and sharing during this very unique and extraordinary time, I've made it my point to focus on some of the awesome and wonderful things that people are doing around the world, like certain um, actors paying for all the groceries of of elderly people in, in a city down south. I read just some NBA players paying the salaries of concession workers at huge auditorium uh, places since the games, since we're not able to gather, just some people really stepping up in big acts of love and generosity and even shelters, animal shelters being emptied out because all the pets have been adopted. So I think it's, I found it helpful to focus upon the, like that kind of news, the news of where people are really stepping up and doing wonderful things right now versus the kind of news that, that can keep a person in the fear and uncertainty, which like you said, we're in that collectively. I think though, to what, how we handle this time is so important and what our lives will become through this experience of the self-quarantine and social distancing, um, you know, time with families, time to do something, a project you've put off. So I'm seeing it as like just a powerful time for us individually and the world healing, like animals, a friend sent me an a great video of around the world, animals like playing in people's swimming pools, how they're just coming out to play. And like the planet is literally healing itself right now while we are staying in. And it's remarkable. Yeah, it truly is a huge silver lining. And, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, we were people who are worrying about the climate. We're always like, how are we going to get people to change their behavior? And all of a sudden, we've totally changed our behavior. And there are, you know, you can you can see mountaintops that people haven't seen in decades. I mean, there's clean air that, like you said, animals are coming back. There's just been some phenomenal things happening in nature and phenomenal acts of humanity. You know, every people on the front lines who are doing heroic acts or people, yes. like you said, who are, you know, landlords who are letting people not pay rent. And yeah. people, like you said, those uh, major league players who are helping people out. So there's just been a tremendous amount of um, compassion 
for humanity. And it, like, I, I know it is saying parents playing with their kids, people getting more exercise, people slowing down, doing a lot of the things that they never seem to have time to do. So I think it, there's, there's a lot of um, fear and stress and struggle, but there's also a lot of love, wisdom, and compassion. That's another thing about, you know, these trying times is that's often where our wisdom is born. And that's a big piece of midlife where we start to get wiser. You know, maybe we don't have quite as much energy as we had in our 20s and 30s, but we're wiser. We yes. have, you know, we're more focused on what we truly value, what's truly, truly important. And I wanted to make sure before, you know, before we finish too, that I, I meant to mention that um, part of midlife is actually, I mentioned briefly that Chiron return, and I don't know if you were aware of it, but it takes Chiron 47 to 64 years to make its way around yes. the sun. yes. To where it was when we were born, our individual Chiron return. Is that what you're right. speaking to? Yes. And so yeah. there's, there's an astrological healing that can happen where maybe we've pushed, you know, hurts down and we've um, found dysfunctional ways of coping and being and sort of pushed away our true self. And I think that Chiron comes around and it's like, okay, let's do some deep healing work. And I think that the... the the COVID-19, what's happening right now is this whole planet is looking to do some deep healing work. Humanity is looking to heal. We're seeing all of the in inequalities and all of the problems in our society are coming to the surface. And we're really, we're being forced to make some significant changes personally and collectively in order for us to continue on on hopefully a, a better way. Yes. And we, we do have a few more minutes since there were some technological glitches. And again, in alignment with what you're saying, I uh, last night added a new chapter to my book having to do with what you're saying, because Chiron is in the same place now and during our presidential election of 2020, as it was when the Declaration of Independence was signed, Chiron and Aries. And at that time, it was in the fourth house having to do with family and how Chiron is, is as you know, in the chart of individuals and of countries, of businesses. And so the psychoastrology of America is the title of my chapter. And it talks about how the United States core wounding has been in the way we take care of its people. And that's where our greatest healing can happen. And we're seeing that right now with COVID-19 and the way um, you know, it's it's the attention to caring for ourselves and how is our government responding to us? And so it's just an interesting, it's been really uh, illuminating for me to take the last couple weeks to make this chapter that I didn't know would be, you know, coming forward, um, having to do with what you're talking about, in fact. Yeah, it is. It, it, Chiron is very, very powerful. I think at midlife, this is a time, and, and especially and with, with COVID now, this is a really time where, we're really prompted to be kind to ourselves, making ourselves a priority. And, and even if you're just thinking about it from a perspective of staying well, you know, if you can stay in that place where you're, you're sleeping, you're giving yourself healthy food, you're getting exercise, you're thinking positive, happy thoughts, you're you know, noticing if you're feeling a little off, we need to heal ourselves. Then yes, we need to heal the country. So I didn't realize that, that this was our Chiron return um, in Aries. That's really fascinating. Yes. And so Dr. Thank you. Dr. Owen, I want people to know how to reach you because you offer so much. And as well, how can they access the summit, the virtual summit that will be live on May 11th? How can people get this info? Okay. 
So I think the easiest thing is I will actually put a banner up on my um, Facebook group, which is totally free. People can join. It's Dr. Ellen's Mastermind. Um, they can also go to, um, you know, all, pretty much all of my social I will be talking about. I don't know if you, if you have a link, if you can leave it in show notes, that, that's another place. I, I'm going to post it everywhere tonight. Yes. Yep, that's it'll great. be there. So yes. it's basically, um, doc, it's Dr. Ellen Albertson, um, slash rock your midlife. But I think if people look on my social accounts or you, you can just Google the midlife whisperer and there is a contact button. If you're interested, you can reach out to me if you feel like I can help you on some level. Um, but it will be all over my social and it starts on May 11th. So I would love to see people there. I'm so honored to have had you as a guest. I know people are going to get a tremendous amount of value from it. Um, and please invite your friends because I think as women at Midlife, we are so powerful, which is one of the reasons I did this summit and really one of the big um, impetuses for my work to spread love, compassion, and wisdom to women at Midlife because we impact four generations. So we impact our grandkids. We impact our children, our own peers, and our parents, and we still have so much energy and life in us to make a huge difference in the world. So if you're listening, you're feeling like, oh, I'm at midlife, I'm all washed up. No, that's totally, that's totally not it. You've come around with your Chiron return. It's time to figure out what, you know, what hasn't been working in your life and make some shifts. Well, yeah, and, and Dr. Owen, I wanted to ask you, just you're sparking this thought in my mind around what is what is next for you, all that you've gone through, all that you offer, and what, what is kind of your next evolution of yourself? Oh, wow, that's such a good question. Um, you know, the COVID-19 has really given me a little bit of pause, and just right now I'm doing a lot, of, doing something called the Destination Vibration, which I recommend people do, where you're thinking about the time in your life where you felt really good in your skin. And I remember a time kind of in my mid twenties and I'm kind of revisiting that and wanting to, I guess part of what I want to do honestly is take more time to have fun, focus less on work. I've been, like I said, a workaholic and doing more. I'd like to do more retreats, going to retreats, um, holding classes, giving retreats, teaching more self-compassion, teaching more Reiki, um, just really creating space and places, whether online or hopefully soon face-to-face -to, -face, to help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s love themselves, have more compassion for themselves, have more wisdom. I'm thinking actually my, uh, my beau and I just getting in a RV and just traveling around the country doing talks and going to retreats. So I'm kind of wanting to be in a little bit of a different vibe myself as I move forward in, in my next reincarnation. <laughs> You know, Dr. Ellen, I feel when I feel into that, that's like a yes for how healing and restorative and just like really fun for you and for participants that'll be able to join with you in your retreats and seminars. It's just such a win win. And it definitely feels like the most wonderful next steps that you can take for for yourself and others. Well, thank you. I haven't been to New Orleans, so I'm dying to oh, visit you, have you to there. Oh, you have to come down. So I have to yes. get there when you, you are there because it's it's on my list. There's so many places. And I feel like, you know, again, in our, you know, pre-retirement, we have so much energy and time to enjoy our lives. So I just, I want to enjoy my life more and I want to empower women to feel good about themselves because we are so hard on ourselves and it is a generational thing. Our generation is particularly hard on ourselves. And I think that like when you looked at the Chiron return, when I looked at that chapter, I think it was Pisces, um, that there is this healing that needs to happen where we're really loving ourselves and connecting yes. with ourselves spiritually. 
Oh yeah, keep going. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, so I think that's part of my mission is empowering women at midlife to to just feel good in their skin. You know, that's that second chakra of like, I feel good in my skin. I love myself. I'm here for myself and teaching them, you know, concrete skills to help them do just that, to, to really um, feel good about who they are and understand how incredibly powerful they are to make a difference in the world. Yeah, you definitely embody that. And I'm, I said twice before we came live, I'm grateful for you as my guest because I was looking for a vibrational lift. I was listening to some Abraham Hicks before in one of your other interviews. And uh, so thank you for being that just really high vibration. And I'm just so glad we know each other. Yes, I'm so excited to meet you in person. And thank you for the work that you're doing, particularly this work around Chiron. Are you going on a book tour? Will you be coming to Vermont and... I would like to. I'm going to put that on my list. Yes, I'll be doing a book tour in New York, Seattle, New Orleans, Los Angeles, San Francisco is my those are my intended places and with the expanding list. So I will let you know. That is exciting. Well, good luck with your book. And thank you for having me on and for this beautiful work that you're bringing into the world. Much needed. You're welcome. And thank you, Dr. Ellen, for taking your time with us today as well. My pleasure. Bye. That concludes my show today with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Again, you can find her online at drdrellenalbertson.com. Okay, y'all, all all my love to you. Hang in there. We are in this together. Take some time for yourself. I have suggested to everyone to get outside. If you can, can for an hour a day to just take a walk. It does wonders to shift your vibration. And I look forward to being back with you next week. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.